what we want to concentrate on. Amen. Reverend Clay is going to read that for us. Numbers 13, 30, and 31. Amen. Verse 30 says, And Caleb filled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Let us say amen to the reading of the word. Amen. amen. One party said, let's go up and take them. Another one said, man, you don't know what you're fooling with. Them some bad folk over there. For text, grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. Grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. I just want to preach today to encourage you all. Amen. Because uh, how many of you know when God tells you to do something, everything he tells you to do ain't easy to do. Neither is it something that you want to do. Amen. It's not something that you want to do. A lot of times God calls you to do some things that really nobody wants to do. But he needs obedience from his people. Amen. To get what he needs done here on the earth. We are the hands and feet of God. We are the mouthpiece of God. We are the ambassadors of God. The only God most people will ever see is us. Amen. I ask you what kind of God are they seeing through you? Amen. Are they seeing Amen. The attributes of God. Are they seeing his character being demonstrated through your day-to-day -day walk? Yes. Can I get a witness in this place? Amen. There's no shortage of those who claim to be Christians. But there is a severe drought of real bona fide saints. Amen. Can I get a witness in here? Amen. There's a shortage of real saints. There's a lot of people who say they believe and say they belong to God. But in their works, they're reprobate. They're reprobate in their works. Their works are, are no good. They're faulty. They do disqualifying things. And because of this, it caused the Gentiles, the unbelievers, to blaspheme the name of God. Because when you do in the name of God evil, the Gentiles look and say, I wouldn't want to serve a God like that. So many people, instead of, uh, they do what they want to do, but they just don't claim to be saved. Until you ask them, they say, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. They say, well, what does that mean? Well, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I believe. Okay. But your belief is exemplified by your actions. Can I get a witness in here? The greatest worship you can give to God is your obedience to his word. Is the greatest worship that we have for God. God is so pleased when we obey him. He turned around and said I'll give you the desires of your heart. If your ways are pleasing. Amen. He speaks that type of language. If you do what I said do. Then you can ask me what you will. And I'll give it to you. Now people get that mixed up. They say that I can ask God for whatever I want. He's going to give it to me. But you miss the qualifying part. If you do the will of God. 
So you may as well quit asking for Cadillacs and Mercedes Benz and all this stuff like that. If you're not in communion with God, I'm not saying you can't get it because there are other ways to get stuff like that. But it don't mean that God gave it to you. Can I get a witness in here? But you have to learn to obey the voice of God. When you hear it, you got to know his voice. My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. And another shepherd shall he not follow. And you have to do what he said do. Or you simply don't belong to him. Can I get a witness in here? You simply don't belong to him. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say do? That's the modern church that we deal with. We got a whole bunch of voices. But we need some obedience. In this Numbers 13, God had spoke to Moses. And you remember the first time he spoke to Moses, he spoke to him through that burning bush. And he told him to go to see Pharaoh. And to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. Now Moses, like anybody, Pharaoh was a bad man. And you say, you telling me to go over there to Pharaoh and tell him to turn all these slaves loose. He said, no, I ain't doing that. He said, for one thing, I can't talk. I get my words. When I get nervous, I... He said, all right. You can't talk, I'm going to sit there and he'll be your mouthpiece. He said, well, if I go to him, who am I going to tell him? Well, you tell him that I am that I am sent. So when he asked who sent you, say, I am sent you. Now Moses didn't get in no hurry to go to Pharaoh, but he did eventually go. And after he went, after the Exodus, unlike Abraham, Abraham left his land that he was at with his family to go to an unknown land. God spoke to Moses and he told him where these people were going when they got out of Egypt. And he said in Exodus 3, 16 and 17, he said, Go and gather all the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. I see your plight. And I have said I will bring you up out of the afflictions of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. A whole bunch of ites. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. So when they left Egypt, they had a destination in mind. They were not, amen, they didn't just come out of Egypt and start wandering around. They were headed to Canaan. If you look at what he said, he said, I'm going to give you this land. He said, I will bring you up out of the afflictions of Egypt and I'm going to take you into the Canaanite land and I'm going to give you this land that's flowing with milk and honey. Now that term flowing with milk and honey is hyperbole. It's an exaggerated claim. It wasn't really milk and honey all over the land of Canaan. It was hi- that was a hyperbole, hyper- hyperbole. And it was just talking about the richness that uh, was in that land. So before they were free from the Egyptian bondage. They had a destiny in mind. So here we go. We fast forward to the time. It was time for them to possess the land of Canaan. 
How many of y'all know the journey sometimes is the easy part of the trip? Uh, so when you get there, you have some problems at the gate. Can I get a witness in here? The journey can be joyous, but when you get ready to take possession of the land. Now he had already told them who was in the land. These Canaanites and Hittites, these were no saved folk. Amen. These were some real hoodlums. So when we get to the point of them possessing the land, and we pick it up in Numbers 13 and 2, he says, send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give. Remember, he said, I give it unto the children of Israel. Yeah. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all these men, heads of the children of Israel. He went to each tribe, 12 tribes, and got a lead out of each tribe and said, look, y'all all go over and you do a reconnaissance mission. Uh, mission. Recon is when you go into enemy territory and you spy out the land. So when you get ready to attack, you know where the strongholds are. You know where the weapons are stored. You know where the cities are at. So he sent them in to do the reconnaissance. He couldn't send a whole lot of them, so he sent 12. So they, stuck, they snuck in. And they began to spy out the land. Amen. And God really didn't need a report of what was in the land. God knew what was in the land. I quote the scripture all the time. The eyes of the Lord in all the places beholding the good and the evil. God got good eyes. He see everything. He wasn't going over there so he could come back and tell God. He sent the men to see how the men were going to react. So they go over and take a look around. In 17, Moses commissioned them and they went on out to spy out the land of Canaan. And said unto them, get you up out of this way southward and go up into the mountains. And take a look at this land, what it is, and the people that dwell. Tell me who over there. Whether they some strong men or some weak men. If it's a whole lot of them or a few of them. And 19, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad. And what cities they be that dwell in. How big are the cities? Tell me if they stay in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be a fat land or a lean land, whether there be wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage. Now he gave them some encouragement. Be ye of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was come of the first ripe grapes. In other words, the, it was springtime. It was time to gather fruit. Amen. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zen unto Rehob, Rehob as men came to Hamath, and they ascended by the south, and they came unto Hebron, where Amahan, Sheshiah, and Telmiah, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt, and they came unto the brook of Eshcol, and they cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they buried it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. They went to this place called Eshcol, and they found these giant grapes, grapes so big that one cluster had to be carried by two grown men. I would have loved to found them grapes. How many of y'all are grape eater in here? Amen. When I was a little boy growing up, amen, y'all know how it was. My era, see y'all kids today, y'all get fruit in the house, y'all get to eat all you want to. We ain't never get no grapes. Amen. It was too many of us. Grapes was too high. 
you might get an orange every now and then, but you wasn't getting no grapes. So when I, I said, when I got grown, Mother Evans, I was going to eat all the grapes I wanted to eat. And bacon. I done got tired of grapes, but I still eat bacon. So they found these big giant grapes. This place called Escal. And it was a first encounter with the prosperity of the land. Was these giant grapes. And you could imagine somebody coming out of slavery. Uh, you can imagine somebody coming out of the hood. And they go into Hollywood and somebody say, look at these big old giant necklaces, all this gold. And you can take all of it that you want. And you know those men were excited. They had never saw anything like that. These people were slaves. They ate what the Egyptians didn't want to eat. They ate what they, uh, what they could steal and maybe, you know, what they could, whatever they could conjure up to eat, that's what they ate. But here they are with these giant grapes. Grapes so heavy, two grown men. I'd have liked to have seen those grapes. So you know they, they you know they, they had to have been excited on the inside and say, oh, this is what this is what they talked about. This is that land flowing with milk and honey. And they returned from searching of the land. They were there 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel. They brought out all of the congregation. The spies are back. Let's see what they got to say. Unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. You can imagine the, the mouths dropping when they, them two men walked up with them big giant bowling ball sized grapes. They showed them the grapes. And I'm sure the people were in a frenzy. Y'all know how it is. <laughs> Something good about to happen. Everybody get excited. Amen. You might not even have no part of inheritance in it. If somebody you see somebody blessed, you get excited. And they told him and said, We came unto this land where you sent us. And surely it is flowing with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. They said, Bam, here go these grapes. Look at these grapes. And the people who had them, they had, I could imagine the people shouting. I could imagine somebody with a tambourine. Amen. I could imagine them old sisters, they was, they was quickening. I could imagine somebody ran down the aisle and said, ain't going good. Hallelujah. I could imagine they went crazy when they saw them grapes. They told them, it surely it is flowing with milk and honey. And these are the fruit. The sight of the grapes and the testimony of the spies. Amen. Amen. Had to get the people in the frenzy. Yeah. But like I told you this morning, how many of you know oftentimes with good news, <laughs> there's some bad news mixed in there with that. So. Amen. Hallelujah. I hate when people throw that scenario and my wife do me that all the time. I got some good news and bad news. Just tell me the bad news. Just having the bad news. Yes. Yeah. But it was much like that scenario. Here go, here go the grapes. And here go the voice. Nevertheless. In other words, there's some grapes over there. <laughs> Nevertheless. And when that happened, I always start itching up here. Here we go. Tell me the rest of it. You go to the mechanic. Something ain't working on the car. Well, I got some good news and bad news. I found the problem. Nevertheless, Nevertheless you need a new engine and transmission. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But the spies, they had some other news as well. It's honey in the tree. But there's bees there as well. <laughs> 28, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. This is where it really get bad. In the cities, they got big walls around them. And a very great, they got skyscrapers. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, Anak, the children of Anak, the Nikim, they call them. These were a formidable race of giant warlike men. That name meant long neck. It's some long necks over there. And these people had a bad reputation. People had a bad reputation. They from Cabrini Green in Chicago. They grew up in Compton. <laughs> they from Third Wall. <laughs> These are some formidable men. And I can see the people getting their mouths started. Oh, no, no. Don't tell us that. The long necks are over there. Then he said, if that ain't bad enough, get some Amalekites over there as well. They in the south. And then another one picked in and said, there's some Hittites over there as well. And some Jebusites. And some Amorites. They up in the mountains. And the Canaanites are in the sea. Now you tell some slaves that. People who came out of slavery. It's, man, it ain't that bad right here. These we ain't got to fight nobody. <laughs> the people were disturbed about what it was they were hearing. They forgot all about who sent them on this mission. They forgot all about the promises of God. They forgot all about how God had parted the Red Sea. They forgot all about it and all they could see was those long necks. They could see those Hittites and Amorites and all those folks. I can just see those folk with their shirts all tore up and big old muscles and, you know, it probably covered from head to toe, you know, all them, that metal and stuff all over them. Amen. Like Goliath was when he faced David. But here is the voice of faith speaking in verse 30. And Caleb, Caleb had some faith. All these other men, they had no faith. They had only faith in what they could see. But I thank God the Bible tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we walk by sight, we can't always see where we're going. And what we see sometimes can be discouraging us. Amen. Can I get a witness in here? So you have to walk by faith in what God has promised to his people. And Caleb still the people before Moses said, look. He didn't even bother to explain. He said, let's go right now. Who can you imagine that? Yeah. This man, all these voices. Yeah. Man, there's some Anakim over there. Hittites, Jebusites. Yeah. One man said, let's go right now. Yeah. See, I want to meet Caleb when I get to heaven. I'm going to shake his hands. Man, you a real man. Yeah. Hey, man, don't you know when somebody stand up in the face of something like that and just, just talk no nonsense? Man, that ought to spur the man... If you ain't no kind, you ain't got no kind of man at all on it. When somebody stand up like that, you are, hey man, you are looking to let's go. All right. All right. Let's go, Caleb. 
I'm down with Caleb. But instead, the people, no, Caleb. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Do you know what them Anakins, you know what they've done? Do you hear, have you heard the stories about these, these Anakims? Have you heard about these Jebusites, these Hittites, these Amorites? Don't you know them some bad folk you bucket up against? He said, let us go up at once and let's get it. For we are well able to overcome it. He said, we're well able to overcome it. Caleb knew that God had promised them the land. And if God had promised them the land, Caleb knew that God was able to deliver on all of his promises. Can I get a witness in here? If you look at the book of Romans 4, 19 and 21, we read the story concerning Abraham. And it said, and being not weak in faith, he's talking about uh, Abraham, how old as he was, he considered not his own body. His body was now dead. Uh, men over 100 years old ain't got to be just having no baby. And surely no woman over 90 got to be just having no baby. But if God said you're going to have a baby, you better get a crib. You better get you some diapers. You better get you a babysitter. He considered not his own body. It was now dead. I mean, it wasn't even working no more. They didn't have those blue pills in. <laughs> when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He was dead and his wife ain't never had nothing. But he did not consider those facts. Faith overcomes facts. The fact may remain that this is, this is what the doctors say, but faith say, I don't care what the doctors say. God promised me something and I'm going to give what God promised me. Can I get a witness in this place? Quit letting people tell you circumstances. Facts will speak against your faith. And if your faith is not grounded on Christ, you will begin to believe what the doctors say. I cannot tell you how many testimonies I heard this week of people telling them. One man said the doctor told him he had two months to live. That was 19 years ago. And he's still preaching. Another one said the doctor told him he had leukemia. He went for the test. After he, they had already diagnosed him, he said he went in and let him look at it. And he looked at the x-ray and said, I don't know what they saw, but we can't find nothing. Amen. He said before they gave him the results, that he was on the, on, the, on the exam table, he was singing, I plead, I plead the blood. I'm healed by the wounds in his side. Hallelujah. He refused to believe anything else. You got to have stubborn faith like that. If not, you'll never make it in this world. As a, we're constantly being bombarded with bad news. There's always somebody with some more bad news. I just didn't learn to live with it. You talk all you want to. I had a lady that I work with. She always talked about something. The economy is getting ready to bust. Well, it may. I don't know. But you think I'm going to start crying? You think, what, what, what am I supposed to do? You think I'm going to go start trying to find a tree to hang myself from? The economy can bust all they want to. God ain't going to ever bust. Ain't going to ever bust. But Abraham, he didn't even consider the deadness of his body, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded, that's where it all comes to. You have to be fully persuaded in your own mind. When somebody is persuaded within themselves, 
They're not moving. Even if there's something wrong. Those people that are, who's the people that killed themselves waiting on the, the, the spaceship in California back in the early 90s? The Herf Applegate or something was the leader of some kind of cult. And those people thought that an alien was going to come pick them up in this spaceship. So they drunk this poisonous concoction and they laid out on these white sheets with red shoes on. And they was waiting for the aliens. Now they were persuaded in their own mind. To the point of killing their own self because their mind believed it. You'd be surprised when people start believing stuff, what happens. That's why these men that say they're women and women that say they're men, they soon begin to look like. They begin to take on characteristics. Their chin begin to get firm. Because in their mind, I'm a woman. I'm a man. They tell me this is a middle of this. I ain't no middle. That's a demonic possession of the mind. Confusion. Sin wrapped in confusion causes these things. They begin to resemble. And even the women, they begin to lose their breasts. And what they don't lose, they wrap up. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Yes. Even talk like a man. Yeah. Act like a man. Even talk noise like a man. Till they get hit. <laughs> I thought you was big bad Johnny. You get hit one time. <laughs> I saw a video one time. This, these, these ladies were messing with this little old man. And they, they was of that uh, persuasion. And uh, he swung three times and knocked all three of them out. Oh, I thought you was a man. Don't you was a man. That's confusion. When you become fully persuaded in your own mind, nobody can change that. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. Because there are people who've been persuaded in the bad things. But when you have the truth and you're persuaded in that, when God gives you a word, stand on the promises of God. Because what God has promised, he's able also to perform. When God said he can do or he will do, he has power to do it. Now I might tell you something, I'm going to do something. But there's a whole lot of factors that can influence my, amen, actually getting it done. I can tell you I'm good for $500 at the end of the week. But something could go wrong in my house and I may not have it. But you don't ever have to worry about that with God. If God said he was going to do it. You need to start acting like he said he was going to do it. So you begin to move in faith. You don't wait until God manifests something. You begin to thank him in advance. Amen. He tell you help is on the way. You be there waiting. Said, I've been waiting on you. You don't need all this faith and this stuff. I don't know where God goes. He said he was going to help me, but he ain't sent nobody yet. I don't know what I'm going to do. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He'll strengthen your heart. Amen. When God promises a thing, it's not a maybe, uh, a might. God promises he's able to perform what he promised. And he don't get stuff mixed up. But Israel pro Israel's problem was that they staggered. They doubted the promise of God. He said they could have it and they said, no, thank you. I'm good right here. 
I'm good, right? And how many of y'all have said that? Instead of fighting what God said you could have. God said you can have the Holy Ghost, but because you don't want to tarry for it, you just, well, I'm, I'm saved at least. You need the Holy Ghost to live saved in this world that we in today. And I'm not talking about no quiet Holy Ghost, but somebody said, oh, you got it now. The Holy Ghost will speak for himself. He comes with signs. He comes with a tongue. He speaks for himself to show that he has taken up habitation there. And the preacher told us this week, he said, y'all quit preaching all this other stuff and not preaching about the Holy Ghost and the preaching salvation. And I agree with him. We Pentecostal and people are scared to tell people, you can get the Holy Ghost. You can get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Speak in new tongues. And we over here talking about money. Like money going to help us wrong with us. You can give a fool money and guess what? He just got more problems. You get the Holy Ghost, amen, he'll take care of you. You'll stop making dumb decisions. Amen. You get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. But what God promised, he's able to perform. You, Verse 31, but the men that went up with him said, we're not able to do this. Them people are stronger than us. Yeah. And see, they wasn't telling no lie because, you know, common sense will tell you if you're five foot eight, 200 pounds and there's somebody that's 6 foot no them people were 7 and 8 foot tall them Anakins with the long neck they 7 foot 500 pounds they weren't lying the people are stronger than you don't be no fool amen don't be a fool the fact may be that they are stronger than you but the fact also remains that God is with me whereas he is not with him So as I got him on my side, let the strong, let the weak say I am strong. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. It's a horrible land. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great, these some big old dudes over there. Can't handle even God. You crazy, Caleb. And there we saw the giants, these Anak, the sons of Anak, the long necks, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sights as grasshoppers. And when they said grasshoppers, you know, the little life that people have, they just it's absolutely over with. I don't have no strength. We some grasshoppers trying to kill these big old men. You heard what the man said. Come on, Jimmy. You heard what he said. What, what's wrong with you, Caleb? You, you're out of your mind. You, them, them, them guys are nine foot tall, and you like a grasshopper. Them, them, they will swat you. They will smash you dead into the ground. They'll thump you on top of the head and stack us up. Amen. Burn us all up. All right. And the more they talk, the people's faith just... Yeah. I'm going to tell you what that is, though. Listen to the preacher this week. Y'all didn't listen to the message. You need to listen to it. Witchcraft. It's witchcraft. When God says a thing and somebody speaks against what God has said, what they are doing is witchcraft. They are rebelling against God by bringing up a false report. And that is witchcraft. And you don't need no broom to be a witch. You don't need a long pointed black hat to be a witch. You can just be a person who likes to stir up strife. And guess what? You're a witch. 
You might be a person who stands against authority. Guess what you are? You're walking in rebellion, which is as a sin of witchcraft. You witch you. So they, the enemy had them doing witchcraft. They got the minds of the people. They quote unquote poison the pot. I'm going to tell you where that, that saying comes from. When you poison the pot, you poison people's mind concerning the thing. Yeah. Because in reality, who's going to eat out of a pot if it might be poison in it? Exactly. Ain't nobody going to eat out of it. Unless you made it. I ain't scared to eat it. You know how we do. More for me. But if somebody said there's poison in the pot, that pot ain't going to get ate out of. And that's what these men did. They poisoned the mind of the people concerning God's word. Witchcraft. They thought that they were talking against Caleb's report, but what they were really doing, they were speaking against the God of the Bible. They were causing the people to be paralyzed in fear. That was paralysis by analysis. They looked and heard the evil report and they said, I'm staying right here. That evil report had stopped them in their tracks. And when somebody's speaking evil against God, they are in effect slandering God's image. You're speaking falsehoods against what God has said to be true. Amen. So when the spies said that we're not able to go up against the people, they were essentially telling God, you are a liar. God, you telling a lie. And that's what you say. When God tells you to do something, you say, I can't do that. You may as well just say, God, you're lying. And I'm not going to do it. Because I'm grown. You may as well just go ahead and say that. Because in essence, that's what you're saying. I'm not going to do it because I don't believe what you said. Because you are a liar and I can't trust what you said, God. Now, we won't ever say that out loud. But you say it in your action. You say it in your action. You don't believe the word for what the word says. You believe what somebody else said. Yes, the word, but you'll never believe the word for what the word says. i never seen a time and day that we live in where the truth is attacked more than lying. You get attacked for telling the truth far more than you ever do for telling a lie. If you tickling people's ears, you're the best preacher in town. But if you tell them they better repent or they're going to hell, amen, you're no good for nothing. Nobody bother you. But how much of a devil you have to be to lie to people knowing these people are lost? How much do you have to hate people not to tell them the truth? And then we go into 14. I got the, ooh, it's five, ten minutes to one. I got two more hours. 14 and one. And all the congregation, everybody, but Caleb and Joshua, they lifted up their voice and what? Cry. They started crying. <laughs> now could you imagine if you was God? You imagine you go and you take some people out of slavery. You do a miraculous thing where you Take the Red Sea and you freeze the walls of it. You divide it and freeze the walls. 
in dry land. Six million plus people walk over on dry land. Pharaoh's army behind them. They run in the midst of that ocean or the Red Sea. And God, he blew on it in the waters. They came together and drowned all of Pharaoh's army and Pharaoh himself. And the people are sitting out looking at it. Man, this God is something else. Now you see, that would be enough for me. I think that would be enough of a miracle for me to serve whatever he told me to do. I don't think I would doubt him again after seeing that because anybody that could take a whole sea and, and, and divide it and, and, and freeze the waters up and then dry it out for you to walk over and then let the army get inside and drown all those men. That's a bad, bad God. And a powerful, powerful God. And he done told you, this is your land, go get it. And you go get my we, we can't even have I don't know why he brought us out. And it just gets worse. The story gets worse. They start crying. And the people, they cried all night long. I can imagine Caleb and I'm sure they were heated. And I'm sure they, they probably were sitting there. They were so mad. You bunch of sissies. I ain't never going with y'all nowhere else. You ain't nothing but a bunch. Where y'all from? And all the children of Israel, after they finished crying, they began complaining. Stay away from crying folks because the next thing going to do is complain. Yeah. They murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto him, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died out of here. You could have let us die in Egypt. Then bring us out here. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to go back in Egypt? And they said one to another, let's get us some men to lead us back into Egypt. Now you're talking about some dumb people. See, I just can't, there's some levels of stupidity that I just cannot deal with. I do pretty good when you're regular dumb, but when you dumb dumb, I have a hard time dealing with you. You're going to get somebody to lead you back into slavery. Six million people. We have anybody that volunteered to take us back to Egypt? <laughs> I don't want to have to. You ain't joking. How are they going to get back over the Red Sea? I guess they'll go around it. Let us make a captain so we can go back into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. This is what real men of God do. Before all the assembly and the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, they tore their clothes. They went down. They were so disgusted. They were praying and tore their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it, it's a good. They tried one more last time. Let, let's see if they can change. We can change their mind. It's a good land. And if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only do you not rebel against the Lord. Amen. Neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bread for us. Amen. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear not them. But all the congregation. They dried their eyes out. 
Then they pick up some rocks. <laughs> Y'all better get out of here with that foolishness. They picked up stones to stone Joshua and Caleb. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Now, this is when it gets real because when the glory shows up, yeah, you put them stones down. Hallelujah. Amen. Can't nobody do nothing when the glory of the Lord show up. And the Lord said unto Moses, how long will these people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed amongst them? I done done too much for, for these people to be this stupid. I'm going to kill them all with the pestilence and disinherit them. I'm going to turn them loose. They're no longer my people. And I will make a, you a greater nation and mightier than they. I'm going to raise up another nation of people. Because these people have lost their stone flipping mind. These people, they, they, they've lost it all. And Moses said unto the Lord, then the Egyptians going to hear about what you did. <laughs> he said, look, God, now I like this about Moses. He spoke to God face to face like we talked to men. And he reminded God, said, if you kill them over here, it's going to get back to Egypt. And you're going to look like, you're going to look, it's make you look bad, God. And this is one time God repented. He changed his mind. So you know what? You're right, Moses. If I kill all them out there in the wilderness, then Egyptians going to say, look, what kind of God is that? He took our slaves away and killed them, but he could have just killed them over here. So he changed his mind. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land, talking about the Egyptians, for they have heard that thou art Lord among the people, and thou art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, that thou goest before them, and by day, daytime a pillar of a cloud and a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all his people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, because the Lord, he wasn't able to bring them to where he wanted them to go, so he just killed them, making God look bad. In other words, they were saying, he brought them out here, but he wasn't strong enough to, to, to disinherit them, 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 them Anaks and those Hittites and the Jebusites. Amen. God wasn't stronger than them. That's where God got weak. Because he could not defeat the Amorites and the Hittites. So he was talking to God like a man, and God changed his mind. In the 19, he said, Pardon, I beseech the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I pardon. I gave them another chance. I'm going to pardon them for what they did according to my word. Amen. But as I live, yep. all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And because all these men have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, they're not going to go in. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. In other words, he said, look, I'm not going to kill you, but you're not going to go where I want you to go. Your children will, will go there, but you're not going to go. And that's where the wandering, the wilderness wandering took place at. It wasn't but, a, I believe, an eight days journey from the Red Sea to Canaan. But because the Bible said because of unbelief, the people could not enter into the promised land. So they wandered around in circles for 40 years until that whole generation died out. All those who murmured against God, all those who said that God could not do it, God said, you ain't going in. And then Moses got sideways with them people and disqualified himself from going in. Them folk got on Moses' nerves so bad. 
And I'm glad I wasn't Moses because I, you know, I probably would have killed a couple of them. He killed that Egyptian, but I probably would have killed some of them. Moses got so mad at those people. They were crying for water and God told him to speak to the rock. And he took his rod and he smoked the rock. And God said, look at here, Moses. You, you, you done killed a man. You ain't going in either. So he did allow Moses to go up on Mount Horeb, I believe, and he was able to see the promised land, but Moses couldn't go in because of his rebellion. God don't play around. This whole generation died out, was not able to see the promised land. I'm almost finished. Some people say the promised land is heaven. That can't be further than the truth. We're not going to get to heaven. We're not going to get to the gates and we're going to look over there. It's going to be some annex over there. Some Hittites and say, all right, y'all welcome in here, but y'all got to fight them. <laughs> Ain't going to be no fighting over there. Ain't going to be no wars over there. Ain't going to be no tumults over there. Ain't going to be nobody crying over there. I don't think we can do it. I don't think we can do it, God. You brought us all the way up to heaven's gates to kill us right here. Ain't going to be none of that. Won't be none of that. Canaan does not represent heaven. Don't get that mixed up. Y'all know that Canaan is the mountain land of Israel. That's what they're fighting about. They're still trying to fight and throw out all them Hittites and Jebusites. Amen. All those people that are not of God. They're still fighting over that little strip of land. But it was a land flowing with milk and honey that the people were promised. And they weren't promised by another man. They were promised by God. They wasn't like the slaves who were promised 40 acres and a mule and never got their 40 acres and a mule. They wasn't like that. We talking about God, somebody who got good records. God got good records. If you make it to heaven, you're not going to make it there because he can mix you up with somebody else. Oh, I got that bishop mixed up with them other bishops from Willis. It's a bishop from Willis, I know. <laughs> Might be your kinfolk. But <laughs> this bishop, he don't get nobody mixed up. He ain't like the parole office at the jail or at the prison system. Where they get people's numbers mixed up and say he had a departure date of 8 of 2018 and you know they get one number wrong and they release the wrong prisoner. Y'all ever seen that happen? God ain't gonna have nothing like that in heaven. And you're not gonna get to heaven and find out like we hear people say you're gonna be surprised who's gonna be in heaven. No I'm not. You're not gonna get over there and it's gonna be all kind of folk over there. Adolf Hitler and all these people like that. Amen. Ain't nothing but the righteous going into heaven. Can I get a witness? Only those who have, amen, amen, died to their flesh. Only those who crucified their flesh in this present life are going to go into heaven. You're not going to go into heaven just simply because I want to go. You're going to go because you have prepared yourself to go there. Don't let these people fool you and act like God going to just, you know, he's going to just skedaddle around and forget all down. No, 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 no. I remind everybody, he called us to live holy. Without holiness, no man can see God. We got victory over our flesh. That's what salvation brings. It brings victory over your flesh. You are without excuse. Ain't no such thing as I had to. I had to, I had to smoke all that. Oh, no, you didn't have to. You didn't have to do nothing. You didn't have control of your flesh. You have to get that roaring lion on the inside of you, that old man. You got to get him under control. And the only one that can get him under control is the Holy Ghost. You can't do it yourself. It is one thing to get a touch from God, but it's another one to go all the way. My God. 
It's one thing to get a touch from God and see God working in your life, but it's another to give up and die to yourself. And the enemy gives you all kind of reasons why I'm too young. <laughs> got all this stuff I got to do. They make, I heard them say a long time ago, they make long caskets and short ones. You'll fit into the ground whether you believe it or not. Whether you believe it or not, they, they, they'll make room for you in the ground. They make room for you. If they have to bury you on top of other people like they do in the cities. You got three or four graves. People stacked on top of each other. But there's room in the ground for you. But it's time for us to start walking in the faith of God. What God promised us. He's able to perform. Don't stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the radio. Don't listen to what your friends are telling you out in the world. You, you, I'm telling you, people who don't know nothing about God are walking in wickedness that I've never seen before in my life. And they're allowing all kinds of stuff to happen now that just simply should not be happening. I saw this morning, I read an article, they had this, this, uh, uh, this drag queen by the name of Anna, Annie Christ. Play on words, Antichrist, but her name was Annie Christ. And they allow them to go into the public libraries and read to the children Drag Queen Story Hour. And people are sending their children to listen to these perverted, wicked, reprobate people. And all we can talk about is money. And the next level of anointing. Man, we need to have strength to just tell people the truth. That we need to depart from iniquity. That's my next level of knowing, and I want to be able to tell the truth. I don't care who listening. Amen. Amen. And say it without fear. Amen. Amen. You're not going to put me on trial for preaching the truth. Because no. you're not going to win that battle. No. And you're not going to shut me up. Amen. amen. If you cut my tongue out, amen, I learned sign language. Yeah. I'll still yet be saying, you got to be holy. <laughs> Come out from among them and be ye separate. Say it the Lord. I don't know how you make yourself loud in sign language. I'm going to be saying it, mother. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. You cannot be intimidated by this world. The world is just like those Anakim. They're just like the Hittites and the Jedi. They try to tell you what you're supposed to believe. When you come to me with that mess, I'll set you straight. Amen. And you might not ever believe what I believe, but I'll tell you one thing. You're not going to change my mind about nothing. I'm not gonna be leaving that to my well. Maybe God. Maybe it is. A, maybe it is a chromosome to make folk drink a lot. No, it ain't no chromosome. It's called sin. Come on, with all that mess. You think you're the only one that grew up in a bad house? Hey, man, I know all kind of people grew up in way worse situations than you. You don't understand my my upbringing. My uncle them they favored my brother more than me, and that's why I turned. No, you just a lie. Everybody want to be a victim of something. Everybody want to be a victim of something. I've never seen so many weak men and women in my life. Cry about all kind of crazy stuff. I was at the grocery store and they picked this, they got this, this they asked this lady to come to the checkout counter first. And that's enough to make you cry. That's enough to you to call for the manager. And act like a plump fool. But I'm saved. I'm sanctified. 
You can't even handle this little stuff out here. How in the world you think you're going to hear handle some real persecution in the world when folk really start coming at you? You better put your big boy, big boy drawers on, whatever, your big girl panties on. You better grow up and realize this stuff is not, amen, what we're in is warfare. You might think that it's just, ah, uh, you know, we just, we just cruising. Yeah, we cruising right now, amen, but I'm telling you, the day is coming. We're being challenged on every side. And they got preachers scared. This is I'm so scared. They tell me all the time, I don't know how the way you preach you do the way you do. I don't know how you preach the way you do. How can you just stand there and say that? I don't know how you can stand there and lie to people. Like them people gonna do to you worse than what God is gonna do to you. I'm sorry. Look here, look here, look here. I love y'all, but I ain't scared of none of y'all. You ain't got no heaven or hell to put me in. I'm not gonna stand before you in judgment. And he says, Sister Morgan, what do you think we ought to do with him? Well, let him in. No. You're going to be up there just like me. So that's how I can preach the way I preach. I'm trying to deliver my soul from hell. Because if I don't tell you the truth, woe be unto me. And if you listen to me and knowing I'm lying, woe be unto you and me. But let's get it together, saints. What God said we can have, we can have. And everything God said we had wasn't money. It wasn't two-story houses and gated communities and Bentleys and Rolls Royces and all that stuff like that. It ain't gold chains and high-dollar perfume and high-dollar purses and all that stuff like that. That's what people, that's, that's what the American church run after. We really think that stuff like that, oh, I got the blessings of the Lord on my life. What other Man, I got a five-bedroom, 3,600-square-foot house. Amen. In a gated community. We live on the other side of the tracks. I don't cut my own grass. Oh, okay. Good. I cut mine. Those things are not the blessings of God. You think that's what the prosperity, if you think that's the blessings that God is talking about, you don't know what blessings are. Those things are the desires of the flesh. And don't get me wrong, I ain't saying those things are wrong. But if I get a house like that, I ain't going to get it by lying. I'm not going to get it by stealing. I'm not going to get it by cheating. I'm not going to get it by begging y'all for it. Give, 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 and God will give back to you. Sow a seed into this ministry. And in 50 days, $500 a day going to hit your mailbox. Here's the first 50. No. Those things, I'm, I'm not after those things. I want to see the church blessed. I want to see you saved. And I want you to be confident that I'm saved. I don't want you afraid to die. I want you to, amen, when your time comes, amen, I want you to just hang it like Jesus did. Amen, he wasn't fussing with nobody. He just hung his head and died. Just fell asleep. And that's what saints do. When you're ready to die, you ain't scared to die. You ain't on somebody. Call this one and call that one. I need to talk this one. You just hang your head and die. I got to get this right. I got to apologize for that one. Take that money out here underneath that rock in the backyard and give it back to Johnny. That's his money. And I pawned the TV. Get it out and give the people their TV back. I got no time for all that stuff. But when saints get ready to die, they just close their eyes and they just fall asleep. Sinners got to call. Folk. 
And tell folk where they hit stuff at. Tell where the body's at. <laughs> I'm going to quit. I've been up long enough. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to quit. It was a serial killer. I mean, I had stuff. I don't know if it was Jerry Lee Lucas, one of those guys. He's supposed to kill some people up around Schulenburg or somewhere up in that. I think it was him. So he got to be ready. He got the death penalty, right? And they had, I don't know, he had killed like 15 or 20 people. So he decided he was going to make one last go at it on his deathbed. <laughs> so when he got ready to kill him, he said, I, they asked him for last words. And he started talking, rambling. And he said, it's another body in Lufkin. It's another one in Odessa. It's another one over here. Kill him anyhow. <laughs> they hit him anyway. <clears throat> now you got to be pretty wicked to know you facing death. That's a hard heart. And all you can think about is another lie to tell. I don't want to be like that. When it's time to go, I just want to fly. <laughs> I, want, I want out. I want out. I want out. That's all, that's all you can ask for. You say, why are you talking about death? Because we all going to die one day. Hallelujah. Mother, I was thinking about you this week. I'll tell you this. The Lord just laid it on my heart. <laughs> Glory. I shall talk about my bullshit. You ain't got to worry about mother. You see, she's getting weak, she's getting tired. You see, the steps getting a little short. I'm going to pray the peace of God over you. Hallelujah. God in the name of Jesus. The road has not been easy. 